0: On the day this episode first airs, we're sitting in the middle of July. It's hard to think of fall in this sweltering summer heat, but it's true. Fall will be here before we know it, and it's potentially one of the most lucrative seasons for family and motherhood photography business owners. Now's the time to build up your client calendar and book out your sessions to make this fall season your most successful yet. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host in collaboration with my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today, I'm joined by the founder of the Motherhood Anthology, my partner, Jenny Kruger. Jenny is an amazing asset to the motherhood photography industry and brings a wealth of knowledge to our community. Today is no exception. I'm sitting down with Jenny to pick her brain and share with you amazing tips and tricks you can implement now to fill up your fall calendar right away. So now I present to you episode number 40 of the motherhood anthology podcast. And so today we're going to talk about filling your fall calendar, but what does your summer calendar look like? Are you pretty busy?
1: Well, a couple of months ago, I might have said, yes, I'm trying to keep summer a little more down in terms of bookings, but I don't really know what happened June and July have exploded. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I always say this, but it's so, so hard when you work for yourself and you control your income to say no. I mean, obviously you have to say no and you truly don't have any more dates, but I kind of, and we can talk more about this, but I kind of look at my calendar as, okay, here's these 30 days. I don't work weekends ever, but so here's these 20 available days, let's say, you know, five days a week. And I really only want to book max 10 sessions, maybe eight sessions a month. But knowing that there's truly 20 available work days, it's really hard when you're like at that like seven or eight or nine number to just not be like, well, what's one more, you know? And so that has been happening a little bit this June and July and then August was kind of lower. I'm looking at my calendar right now, but my book, two new August sessions this morning. So I don't know what's going to happen. I got nothing.
0: It's a blessing and a curse, right?
1: It really is. It really is it's hard to, it's so hard to complain because I'm, you know, we're all always trying to hit that balance of like that perfect number. And what is enough? You know, like uh, Shanna said on a recent podcast, like, okay, we only need, we only need truly so much or so many sessions. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what if I, you know, I don't need this session this month. I don't need to take on this last minute session, but like, what if I love that client? What if they truly, truly want me to photograph their family for the next three years? Like, I don't want to turn that down. And so finding that balance of really Really deciding. I mean, there's a definite cap. Like, I'm not. I'm not about to book all of those 20 weekdays in a month ever. So there's a cap, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see.
0: Okay, so today we're gonna talk about filling our fall calendar, and it seems like fall is so far away, but it's really not. So what? What? Where do you start? Like, what are you? What are you doing these days to um, start thinking about fall and booking clients?
1: Yeah. So. Okay. So to back it up a little bit, I would say the number one thing I've ever done in my business, um, which I started pretty early on, there was, there was, well, we'll back up a little bit more. There was one January that I had a really great fall. You know, like I feel like most photographers really um, can pull it out in the fall. They're the most busy then they can have a really great fall. And when it came to December, you know, like my kids had a great Christmas, we were doing great. I had Put a bunch away for taxes and then it came January and I had like $400 in my business bank account, which this was maybe, I don't know, my second or third year of business. And I had done really great up until then, but I clearly didn't manage my money properly number one at the time. But also it's just, you feel like you're working so much in the fall, you're bringing in so much income. But it's easy to spend that or use that on things that, you know, not even unnecessary spending, but like I had to save it for taxes and things like that. And so I got to January and historically, you know, January, February ish is kind of most portrait photographers, slowest times. And I just remember thinking like, I never want to be in this position again. And so that's when I started my collective membership, which is just my term for, um, Basically, a first year plan or a baby's milestone year, things like that. But I didn't want to limit it to sound like it was just for maternity, newborn first year or newborn first year or anything like that. And so I kind of broadened that open. And for me, that was a way to ensure that, like, if I booked one client, maybe that would give me multiple sessions throughout the year from that same client. And so, because I thought, well, this is silly. Like I do mostly maternity, newborn, and young babies. There's no reason that I shouldn't be able to be fairly steady year round. If I were a photographer that's only doing outdoor family sessions and that's all I do and nothing else, that might be a different story. But, and of course that depends on where you live and the weather and stuff like that too. But for me, I thought there's really no reason this, this should be an issue. And it was. (laughs) And so having that membership where you're basically having clients commit to more than one session throughout a year really allowed me to look way ahead at my calendar and say like, okay, while I haven't booked any new clients for say January, I know that I've got these 10 membership clients that are going to need some kind of session between January and March. And that just gave me like a little more peace of mind and helps keep my calendar more balanced. So back to like fall sessions and making sure that you can be booked now for future months, whether that is fall or whether you're listening to this in the fall and you're worried about January, February, for me reaching out to, and we'll go into more detail about this, but reaching out to those clients who are membership clients and saying like, hey, let's book your next session. Let's get that on the calendar really makes a huge difference. And aside from all the other marketing things that we can touch on that I think you should be doing in general all day, every day. For me, that email newsletter list of past clients is gold because I feel like no matter what the newsletter is about or when I send it, every single time I send one without fail, at least one to two clients, past clients that have already hired me will respond and say, oh, I'm so glad you emailed me. I need to uh, get our next session on the calendar.
0: And so- So so I I want to stop you there. So if someone uh, doesn't have an email list or a newsletter, where do they need to begin?
1: Yes. So I put this off for the longest time because I'm not a huge, huge fan in general of them, (laughs) but Flowdesk came out and Flowdesk is amazing. It's F L O D E S K. And their newsletters are so easy to customize. They're so easy to do. They look so high end and pretty. And you can totally you can upload your own fonts and colors. So it makes it really easy. So what I originally did because when Flowdesk came out, I didn't have an email list really started already. I'd played around with some other ones in the past, but never really stuck to it. And so I put all of my clients, you need to get permission to basically put a client on your email list. But what I did was I took all, whatever year that I was in, I took all of my current clients' emails and then one year back those emails. And I sent one, I made one email list and that was like the initial like test email and sent them an email and said, hey, I'm starting this. You're only going to get this one email if you remove yourself from this list. Like I'm not adding you to a list without your permission. So if you leave yourself on this list, you know, you're essentially giving me permission to do that. But I don't think I had anybody unsubscribed from that first email. So basically that was my way of getting permission to add them all to a regular email list. And then from here on out, I just ask them, ask new clients when they fill out their questionnaire, when they're signing up for a session, they give me permission or not for that And then I also have like a pop-up on my website for anybody, whether you're a client or not. So first things first, you have to get that list together. I think most of us have a pretty good, unless you're just starting out, a pretty good list of past clients. And I think we underestimate how just kind of sending them an email, whether it's on your email list that goes out to everybody or even just a personal email to say like, hey, you haven't had a session in a while. Let's get something on the calendar nine times out of 10 they're like oh my gosh like thank you for reminding me like they're they're putting it off not because they don't want to do it just because they have so many other things on their to do list so and then i also think clients don't truly realize how fast fall books up <laughs> and this is definitely dependent on your schedule but for me i'm only able because i do so much in the studio during the day i'm only able to add so many Fall sessions that are outside, I do mine at sunset. So it's an evening, late afternoon to early evening in the fall that I have to give up. And I'm only willing to do so many of those. So that's really only like three to five max a month. So those fill up really quickly. (laughs) And I found that out because I accidentally did not send an email to my email list since March. And about a week ago, I I had been telling myself for weeks now, like, oh, I really need to do that. I really need to do that. But you know, you always kind of add it to the bottom of your list. It doesn't seem that important from a marketing perspective. And so I sent that out, and all I said was like, hey, you know, um, along with some other information. But fall outdoor sessions, there's not that many left. There's zero in October. I think I had like two spots, three spots in September, and then maybe like two or three in November, and. I received so many emails back, so many clients freaking out that they needed to get one of those spots. And so I think I could add one or two to November, but as of right now, October, September, totally full with outdoor sessions.
0: Do You let your collective members use one of their sessions for
1: the outdoor fall,
0: or do they have to book an additional session for that?
1: Nope. They can do. So all of my sessions, whether it's indoor in the studio or outdoors in the field, they're all the same price. You can do really any okay. kind of session in either place. And so my membership clients can do indoor outdoor. You could do all of your minus up to four sessions in 18 months. So you could do those all inside. You could do two and two. You could do three inside one outside. It doesn't matter at all. So a lot of those fall dates that I just booked up in the last week are either repeat clients that come yearly for like fall family sessions or a membership client that is doing their six month or 12 month or something like that and wants to do it outside. And you don't do mini sessions, right, Jenny? I don't. So there was a time, I think maybe about 10, nine, 10 years ago that I offered outdoor family mini sessions. And I Absolutely hated it. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) I, I just I don't work well with like super fast paced multiple clients in one evening kind of session. I just even if even if I can and I and I can I can get a full gallery in 20 minutes. I don't want that. Like I just don't like the way that that feels. I don't want that for my clients. There are so many photographers that do that. So if that's what they're looking for um, it's not like they're not going to be able to find that and be served well. And so I just don't feel like I need to do it. So that, that was years and years ago that I stopped those. And then I would do just Santa sessions and motherhood, like mother's day. And those were complimentary to past clients to give back to them. So I, between the last few years, I took those away as well. And so absolutely no more mini sessions. So they're all full sessions.
0: So I know that you, you said that you don't do Santa sessions any longer, but I know that you were very successful with those for those that do want to do those this fall. Could you give folks just a few tips on
1: that maybe? Yeah. So the way that I did it, it's been a few years since I've done them, but I did like seven or eight years of Santa in a row. And I would do, they would, they were true many, many, many sessions, fast paced, high Quantity, and so they would just be like a few minutes at a time, and then a few images that were included. I did them as all-inclusive sessions, so the price included your few-minute session and your files. And I would just book them back to back to back. I kind of found that, and a lot of photographers that are just trying them out don't don't have this like they don't really understand. They think they need a lot of, a lot of time with Santa, but I found that if kids or babies were feeling great about Santa, I could get everything I needed in a really, really short amount of time. And if kids or babies were not feeling great about Santa, I also wanted to get what he needed in a really short amount of time. And so my goal was to get that baby or that toddler off of Santa's lap, like literally as fast as possible. And so I really only needed a few minutes either way. And we tried things over the years. And I found that once a child was, was truly like upset and crying, there was no coming back for that. I mean, maybe if you spent like hours and hours slowly, like warming back up to Santa, but we all know that's not possible. And so it was kind of one of those things where you could take advantage of being able to do them really quickly. And so I would just, usually I would not book more than two to three hours at a time and about 16 spots in a
0: one hour. Yeah. I'm just thinking back on that too. (laughs) It's like you said, it's so lucrative and it's so great when it, when it works, but like you said, it's the children that bless their hearts that they just, they're not happy about it. And I (laughs) always felt so bad, you know, like mom paid for it and she wanted this beautiful, you know, right. picture of the, her baby smiling with Santa and it just was not going to happen. And it's hard
1: to say we've got to move on. Sorry. Right. I mean, it, it's really, it was, it was probably both the most magical thing that I've done. And also the most traumatic for both me, parents <laughs> and babies and probably Santa. Right. <laughs> um, I, Cause it's, it's emotionally taxing to do that for a few hours. And you know like you said once once that baby is crying and snotting and hiccuping, like they're they're just not coming back from that and poor parents you know they want that magical image and there's truly like nothing you can do to guarantee that
0: yeah i want to do a whole podcast episode on santa and get like several people that do it well to weigh in on on the tips and tricks i think that would be good yeah yeah um okay jenny so Oh, one more question about Santa. So if someone is interested in doing Santa and they haven't done it before, now is the time I've I've noticed people are already booking Santa. So is now the time to, to be sharing that and booking that? Like, when did you start scheduling?
1: Absolutely. I feel like it seems so, so early, but once you, once September hits, I feel like the fall just kind of like flies by it really is so it's the quickest season in my opinion I mean obviously I know they're all the same amount of time but it just goes so fast you've got all the different holidays in there and finding a good time for Santa kind of between like November and early December where it's early enough where you can get photos back to clients but it's not too early that you know you're doing Santa at Halloween (laughs) it's a good balance and so for me I always kind of would release Santa dates and registration kind of late, late July, early August, and they would sell out right away.
0: (laughs) So we've talked about the newsletter. We've talked about um, just sharing your available dates. I think you also um, mentioned like making sure to update your website. Want to chat about that part just for a second?
1: Yes. So obviously I think this gets overlooked a lot, but just keeping your website up to date with either updating copy every so often to make sure that you are appealing to your ideal client and really speaking just to them, updating your portfolio. I have seen, gosh, countless. And I know photographers, if they're like listening right now, they're going to scramble over to their websites and click over, but photographers will like post their website and say, but don't look at that. That hasn't been updated in a few years. Go look at my Instagram. And I think Well, it's great that you're keeping your Instagram updated, and I 100% think that's important, and we'll kind of touch on that too. Websites and portfolios in websites get so neglected, and for me, my best, best clients have often come from finding me via Google, so uh, SEO, and being able to find my website and instantly know once they click on that. Um, whether they want more information about my work or not. I think that's so underrated, especially as people put more and more into Instagram and things like that. So just doing kind of like an audit of, is your website, is your, I mean, even little things such as like the footer at the bottom of your website, is your copyright date up to date? Or does it say 2021. (laughs) Is your portfolio up to date with your favorite images and the most accurate images of what a client is going to get today? Is your contact form working? Is it up to date? I've seen contact forms that let's say it's July right now. And they'll say something about like being out of office for the December holidays and they haven't updated it in seven months since then. And so just little, little things like that can really turn away a potential client or really hook them and bring them in. And so just making sure that those first few seconds that somebody lands on your website, you're really gonna stand out and be different and pull them in. And then making sure that all of the links and pages on your website are what you want them to be. And the SEO on each one is what you want it to be.
0: Best advice of all that we've talked about, what's the one thing that people should do this week if they're looking to go ahead and get sessions on the calendar?
1: Okay, so get that email out to past clients. I sent this one to both my past client list or current client list and any potential client who had signed up for my email list. So a lot of times that is people who send an inquiry or are thinking about sending an inquiry but haven't actually booked a session yet. So it went out to both of those groups. That truly booked up my fall for sessions. And then website audits, things like that. What I just mentioned, those should be like top of your list because again, you want to link parts of your website in that email. So you want them to see that email and go and see an updated version of your website always. Make sure that your SEO is where you want it to be. If not, you can tweak that to try to get closer to the top of page one on Google. Now is the time, like kind of July through early September, I think is when everybody... If they haven't already, they're kind of starting to Google like family photographers outside. So you want to make sure that you spend these next couple of weeks, making sure that you're at the top of that list. And then Instagram for me is huge. Just being consistent. I think what happens a lot is photographers like will post, post, post on their grid and they've got it going on and they feel really good about it. And then just kind of like drops off the face of the earth. And you're like, are you you still working? Like they used to be like this for blogs when people would leave the date on their blogs and they would like send a bunch of blogs to their blog part of their website. And then six months would go by or 18 months would go by and you'd be like, you still in business? Like what happened here? And so Instagram is kind of the same thing. I would rather see somebody post less often, but more consistently And then just being consistent and posting a lot in stories. And I would say like five days a week at least. And for me, anytime I throw a link to my website or my contact page on my website up on my Instagram stories, it just makes it so easy for potential clients to click and say, oh yeah, I want this. Like I'll fill out this form and send an inquiry. And so it's kind of like a fine balance of, I don't think I would want to throw links up daily, but at least a couple of times a week, just to kind of remind them that like, Hey, I'm booking sessions. You can even say like, hi, there's, you know, two, two newborn spots left for August. If you need one of those click here and I can get you more information, just constantly be both sharing, selling some personal stuff, kind of like mixing in those different pillars of content so that it's not always like book me, book me, book me. It's not desperate like that, but you can subtly, you know, put in like, hey, there's just this availability left, Um, creating kind of that urgency. So if you do, for example, have only one or two outdoor October sessions, like really push that so people know that if they want one of those, they need to get on it.
0: Do you share things that kind of plant the seed of now it's time to book like family wardrobe ideas, anything like that? Are you blogging anything like that? or sharing on social.
1: You totally could, especially if you don't have a client wardrobe and you're constantly helping clients with like pulling links and sending those to them, that would be such an easy way to get social media shares to kind of like put those wardrobe guides up. And we have those in the TMA membership too, that we, give you every month. And so just even throwing one of those up with like one link of the maybe five different things, just kind of like plants that seed and gets clients excited. Um, I'm not the best about that because I do have a client wardrobe. And so most everything on my Instagram is from my studio, but I'll post things like when I order new things for the wardrobe and, or do a poll and say like, I'm going to order one of these three new dresses, which one do we like the best, just anything to kind of get that interaction, that genuine interaction. So kind of figure out for your business, like what those few things are, maybe pick one or two personal things that you're willing to share. I think, you know, privacy in our lives is important. I mean, we're not, we're not influencers, (laughs) so we don't have to put everything out there. But, you know, sharing just a few personal things helps potential clients kind of get to know you, get to know what you're about while keeping it still really professional. So having those things, any kind of behind the scenes, people love that. So that really gets people excited. You can also use those, I guess this year, V reels are really the thing for Instagram. So it's just like a kind of behind the scenes, like, you're just like doing stuff that you videoed, if that makes sense, and then put information or audio over it for like an Instagram reel is the thing that's more popular this year versus like trying to like plan out like a perfectly coordinated dance or whatever it might be, if that makes sense. And so just honestly, like taking those little behind the scenes whenever you can, can give you a lot of content.
0: Jenny, I think my favorite thing that you said today was just that, you know, we are all thinking about booking the our fall calendar, but fall is semi-easy to book. It's January that we should be thinking about. <laughs> and just, I think having those memberships solve a lot of problems. You know, if you're if you're wanting to raise your prices in the future, you know, and you have those booked out, you know, that gives you some cushion so that you have some time for that. If you it kind of fills in the gaps when times are slow. Um, so
1: 100%. a hundred percent great that piece was, of advice. That was literally probably one of the top five best things I've ever done for my business. And so I will um I will preach that until the day I close my doors, probably.
0: <laughs> it just kind of locks not let's not say locks people in, but it you know, it does keep them coming back for you know multiple sessions where they might've, you know, did, they might've done a mini session with someone else or tried something different. Not that, you know, I know all your clients love you and come back regardless, but
1: yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It just kind of gives you that peace of mind that like, okay, is this client booking just one newborn session or are they planning to do more? And so for me, I'm giving them a little bit of money off for that peace of mind, knowing that like, Hey, Mm -hmm are doing this first session, but it's 99% likely that you're going to come back and do more because you've paid for them. And I'm willing to, I love my repeat clients so, so much. And I love repeat sessions. I have so much more anxiety going into a new client session than a repeat client session. And so for me, that's totally worth really, really trying to book those memberships.
0: Well, thank you, Jenny. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm glad we could chat about this. I know, I know a lot of photographers are, had a slower spring to summer and are kind of gearing up for like what fall might look like. And again, just planting those seeds early and hopefully trying a few of these tips will will help people.
0: Thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing all those helpful tips with us today and for always being willing to share your knowledge with others. I cannot wait to hear from so many of you about how you use these tips like implementing a newsletter or contacting past clients to fill up those fall calendars before August even rolls around. If you enjoyed the information Jenny shared with us today, then you'll absolutely love what we have to offer in the TMA membership. Not only will you get access to a whole library filled with over five years of our education, you'll also get to ask a large welcoming community of fellow photographers for advice and tips on what's working for them. Our doors are currently open and we'd love for you to join us. Head over to membership.themotherhoodanthology.com today. I love this quote by Mark Twain. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.